What's up? It's LA. Welcome to the LAX podcast. I have an awesome episode for you today. I have a special guest, Carlin McClurkin. He goes by Butterfly King on Instagram. He's a collegiate swimmer who battles hemophilia A, and he's on his way to go pro. So this episode, we're going to dig deep. We're going to figure out what he did to get to this level and what he's going to do moving forward as he tries to become one of the best in the world. We'll figure out how he navigates through his adversity, you know, what inspires him, motivates him, and maybe you guys can learn something and apply it to your life. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, guys. So welcome Carlin to our show. He goes by Butterfly King on Instagram. So you guys can follow him there. But man, today's going to be an exciting episode. We're talking to a collegiate swimmer. He's got severe hemophilia A, lives in Texas, and uh, he's, you know, he's trying to take it, the sport, as far as he can go. So, you know, hopefully throughout this episode, we can talk about, you know, how you got here and, you know, what your plans are moving forward. But welcome to the show, Carlin. Yep. All right. Um, as LA said, I'm a competitive swimmer. I've been swimming nearly my whole life. Um, as I started, I was all over the place. My parents didn't know what was going on. They didn't know I had hemophilia A. They didn't know what was going on. I was going to the daycare and coming home with bruises. And my mom and parents thought I was getting beat up at a daycare. So they took me to the uh, uh, to the ER mm. and they ran some tests. And they're like, oh, he has a bleeding, bleeding disorder called hemophilia A. How old were you? Um, I want to say around two, one years old. Okay. But that's when I start wearing the helmet. And after that day, my parents found out I had hemophilia. There was no more corner tables around. None of that. Mm. They were scared. I was going to fall, hit my head, all that. Were you, were you the first in your family? Yes, I was. the. I'm actually the only person that has a bleeding disorder in my family. My grandma's brother had hemophilia. And he passed away through, um, he had HIV because of the transfusions. Yeah. And he passed away through a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. They couldn't help him in time. So, but, so since my parents find out I had hemophilia, they took away all the tables. And since that day, they were they're trying to figure out what to put me in and my older brother he was playing football at the time and he was playing basketball so i was like hey mom let me play football let me play football let me play basketball yeah but we all know having hemophilia a you can't do those things well yeah. you probably could but wouldn't be i mean there's people out there who are pushing the limits these days you know yeah. and you know i think it's i think it's cool but you definitely have to you know you take, take caution man yeah but i mean there's a lot of things, the hemophilia world now compared to what it was when I was a kid or compared to what it was years back, the medications changed. Yeah. There even, there's medications that, that are out there now that where it takes away, it takes away hemophilia from your stream, not fully take away, but like it does something with the, the factor eight. Yeah. And yeah, it lasts longer. Yeah, you know? and you can so. go play football for whatever. But if you do those things, you must be careful. Yeah, for sure. But, so my brother was playing football and basketball. Then his first grade teacher was like, hey, your son is too active in class. Mm -hmm. So they put him in swimming. So I was like, hmm, let me try out swimming. So I tried yeah. out swimming that day. And ever since that day, I have been in swimming for the rest of my life that that is that is where it all started really so you kind of just knew right away like hey man this is it for me like swimming's my yeah. thing because i wasn't getting hurt injuries weren't a thing and it was good for my muscles and my bones and everything else a part of my body yeah okay the only way i was getting hurt was by doing stuff outside of swimming like you know, being that normal kid, want to go play football, mm -hmm. pick up games outside, or yeah. want to go play basketball, pick up games outside, like twisted ankle here, there, jammed finger. Um, like one time I actually hurt my hip because I was doing something that wasn't swimming. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of times like, you know, growing up where you feel pressured to like play those sports with your friends and stuff and try to be a part of a group. Yeah, I ran through this one incident. It was when I was in high school. I was playing football at lunch with a couple of my friends and they're like, hey, let's play tackle. But normally mm-hmm. we just play two hand touch and keep it moving. Yeah, so I, like, I can do a two hand touch game. Yeah, that's nothing. Then they're like, let's play tackle. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm big enough. I <laughs> yeah. can handle it. Yeah. So we're playing tackle football, and I go up and to try to tackle someone, and his knee goes right into like my temple. Oh wow. And I go, I just black out. Dang. And I'm on swell the up like immediately. Yeah, I'm immediately just I'm on the ground for like 20, 30 minutes. Then mm. I wake up and I'm at the door to enter the to enter back into the the building yeah then i black out again don't remember anything then i wake up again and i'm in the hot and i'm in the uh, nurse's room dang then i wake up again and i'm at the hospital with my mom so that's actually a bad story the reason being is because the people I was around, they one two one or two people knew I had the bleeding disorder. Yeah. The nurse knew I had the bleeding disorder. But at that given time, when people came and told her who I was and what mm-hmm. happened, she should have dialed 911 right then and there. Yeah. And I should have been brought to the hospital by the EMS instead of my mom. Yeah. I mean, the head bleeding is extremely dangerous. Luckily, it wasn't that bad. It was just me getting knocked out. But things like that, that's why it's important for people in high school, people in college, people in any grade to let their school nurse know, hey, I have hemophilia A. This is what it is. And if things happen on this level, this is what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, luckily, she called my parent and my mom came up to the school quick as possible. But... Mm if she would never came to the school, something could have went left and you yeah. could have been in more trouble. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people struggle um, with wanting to hide that part of their identity, you know, yeah, or they don't want, they don't want that association with who they are. And so, but like you said, in situations like that, you know, it's extremely crucial that everyone knows what you have. Yeah, it's pretty hard trying to like, yes, when I was younger, I tried to hide it as much as possible. But now that I'm older, I'm like, hey, this is who I am. Like, accept it. Don't accept it. It's up to you. But yeah. I'm not going to change. This is this is me. Like, I can do certain things. I can't do certain things. Yeah. But, like, I understand on that, on that younger level how you can be different. Because I was an African-American male. And being an African-American male, not playing football, not playing basketball. Yeah. I went through all those challenges. And people are like, hey. He's not play, he he's not playing football, so he's he's not black. Or he's not playing yeah. basketball, he's not black. He's playing yeah. he's a swimmer, so he's white. So I ran into all those kind of things. And you're so, a big dude too. Yeah. So like trying to hide my hemophilia yeah. was like the biggest thing for me when I was younger. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, he's not doing this. So any so every time at school I had a chance to be normal to go play basketball, to go play mm-hmm. football, to go play soccer, to do anything the other kids are doing. I was going to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Then as I got older, I was like, Hey, like, yes, I can do these things, but I'm playing a risky game here. Like, yeah. 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 Sometimes, unfortunately it takes experience, you know, and, but yeah. we, are, we are though, you know, that we're smart enough to know, like eventually like, okay, fine. I can't do it. You know? Yeah. Like I know for me, uh, I wanted to wrestle in high school and I finally talked my mom into letting me do it. And I lasted two to three weeks, you know, had a couple of bleeds and then I was just like, okay, fair enough. I can't do it. You know, yeah. like I tried, but like, I can't put myself through that. So yeah, we, we, we learn. Yeah. Then I had another experience where, so I was swimming all the way up until swimming was going amazing. I was elementary school i was going to all the big meets for all the faster swimmers went to all of those meets sixth seventh grade went to all those meets then i started getting bullied in sixth and seventh grade and i was like mom i'm getting bullied because i'm not i'm not playing football i'm not playing basketball i'm a swimmer yeah so i switched schools 
and the bullying kind of stopped. And I was like, I couldn't make it to swim practice because swim practice was on the other side of town. Mm. And my school was on the way of the other side of town. And I got out when swim practice started. Yeah. So I'm just like, hmm, the school had a basketball team and it had a flag football team. So I was like, flag football, not yeah. that much contact, you know, let me. So I encouraged my mom and my dad, like, mom, can I try it? Yeah. So I tried it. I played two games and I had an ill, Ill, Ill solace bleed in my hip. Mm. And yep. And after that, boom, I was like, all right, well, there goes that. Wow. And I was good. I loved it. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. But the bleed happened and I was in the hospital for three to four months. And I was like, well, here we go again. Yeah. So then basketball season came around. I encouraged them to let me do that. Mm-hmm. They let me do that. Then I had the same thing with my left hip. And I was like, well. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that hip like that the target hip. joint for you. Yeah. The, the, my hips are pretty pretty messed up now because it was so much muscle but for the left one I wasn't in the hospital that long and I kind of got to finish the rest of the basketball season then after that experience I experienced the difference between the different sports I kind of like adventured out through from swimming yeah I didn't swim none of eighth grade year so I was like yeah it's time to go back so I went right back to swimming eighth grade summer made it to another big champion swim meet. Then after that, it's just been swimming, 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 swimming. Nice, man. So did you like, did you, were you pretty good? Like from the get go, were you just like naturally gifted at swimming or is this something that you had to be like really work hard at or did it just come really natural to you? So at the beginning, I was like, it came to me because I used to watch my brother so much. Yeah. I'm like swimming you can watch and you can do like some sports you kind of have to get out there and like actually try it Mm -hmm. but swimming you can kind of watch and get some things from it so I was just watching then I had a coach and his name was coach Mo and he took me from when I was four years old yeah and he he coached me all the way up till I was 12 and it's just been going for it ever since like it came natural once I learned every stroke. Yeah. After I learned every stroke, I was just going with the flow and just kept going. And I mean, if you want to be at the Olympic level or at the age group top level, yeah, you're gonna have to put some effort into it. You're gonna have to be at practice every day. You're gonna have to make some some um, places to be there. But it's not just gonna be like, hey yeah, I'm a swimmer and I can just go to two practices a day and be great. No, it's Yeah. So like based off your experience so far, what separates people like the winners, the losers, first place, second place, so, third place, what separates the guys? Let's look at the greatest Olympian of all times. Okay. Michael Phelps, for instance. Okay. He went four years without missing a day of practice. Hmm. And that's including birthdays, mom, dad, sister, brother, his yeah. own birthday. He was at every practice, Christmas, Thanksgiving, anything. Mm. And he was there every practice. So there's people out there that takes the risk of not being able to go to the high school games, the the proms, the all of that. And they take that risk to see the end goal. And his end goal was amazing. Yeah. Now, when I was in high school, I didn't go to too many football games or too many soccer games and all that. Because I had the experience of an older sister, and she was on the dance team. Yeah. So what I did was I would go to swim practice, and my mom would come pick me up from swim practice, and I'll go watch my sister in the football game at the same time. So I was kind of already drained out from high school football games since I went through them Yeah. when I was in middle school. So I kind of missed the senior, the um, homecoming football games and all of that. But it was worth it because where I am now is is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So so I got a question for you. The this one comes from Facebook because I asked people on Facebook and Instagram, like if they had any questions for you. And one person really wanted to know about your like diet, like what your diet looks like when you're like in competition and when you're um 
so outside competition. And I know you just recently lost like 16 pounds, man. Yeah. So that's actually like a very funny question. The reason why I say that is because when I was younger, I I used to eat anything and everything I wanted to. Yeah. Like diet was not in the question until I got into like seventh grade. And -hmm. that's where my diet came into play. But until then, I did not care about anything. And you were, you naturally do had like a six pack too. I mean, I saw your old pictures and stuff like, you were ripped. So like, I didn't eat anything. Like my diet when I was younger was like Whataburger, two McDoubles from McDonald's, large fry, large Coke. Yeah. I didn't care about my diet. Then recently I started to take, take into consideration when I turned like seventh, when I was in seventh grade, I had a swim coach and she was like, Hey, if you want to take this to the next level, you got to do these kind of things. So one week up before my big national swim meet, mm. I would just stick to chicken and pasta and water and Gatorade and not even too much Gatorade because Gatorade still has that sugar mm. in it. Yeah. So it would be water, chicken, pasta, and that's it for that whole week, that week in the weekend. Yeah. So throughout the swimming, I'm eating chicken and pasta. And as soon as Sunday comes around, mm-hmm. I'm finished with the meat. Mom, she already knows what to do. She takes me to Whataburger, and I get the yeah. Whataburger. <laughs> nice. But that was really the only diet plan I had. Yeah. So then just eat meats and, 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 you know, carbs. Yeah, during meat and carbs. Then once I got to well, – senior – during high school – I kept the same the same routine the week mm-hmm. before a swim meet and during the weekend of the swim meet, the same routine. Yeah. Then I hit a real bad spot in my swimming career where it was it was my senior year. And I was like, man, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. I'm not getting anything from it. I just want to stop. Mm-hmm. So I stopped for a whole year. Oh wow. And that's when I got fat. I, I, I just kept eating because I have a high metabolism. So I just kept eating, kept eating, yeah. kept eating. And I started to see it. Yeah. So I was like, man, something got to go. Mm-hmm. So I started back training. I went to my club team, started back training there. And one of my club coaches reached out to a college coach in Great Bend, Kansas. Yeah. So I went to community college in 2019 or the 2020 year, last year. And, um, I weighed in when I got there. I was like 230, 220. Yeah. But I was a big guy trying to yeah. swim. Everyone looking at me like, what is he doing here? <laughs> but that's when I started taking my diet and things into real consideration. Because in order for you to be a successful swimmer, yeah. I mean, every swimmer has a different body type, but you mainly see all of them they're all lean they're none of them have they're they're not huge Mm -hmm. does it in swimming does it matter like how tall you are because i mean you're pretty tall i mean it plays a role but it doesn't play that big of a role Mm. i mean there's people that's short out there that are still winning but on a higher level you mainly see people that are like my height or a little higher but it doesn't play that big of a role yeah because the shorter you are the quicker you are the quicker you are off the block, the quicker mm-hmm. you are off the turn. And it doesn't matter how much you weigh, right? Like anyone uh-huh. can go against each other. It doesn't, it's not based off of weight. No, it's not based off of weight. Like okay. swimming is main. like, this is why I love the sport of swimming because it's all of what that person has put into it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a team sport, but it's not a team sport. Yeah. So me and the guy can be training together, but he can be training on a, lower level and i can be trained on a higher level we're getting two separate things out of it yeah he might not take it as seriously as me so i'm gonna excel while he's stuck on that same level yeah because that's that's what that that is like the main thing i love about swimming is because yeah what you get what you put into it is what you get yeah yep i love i love individual sports like that as well for that reason you know all all on your shoulders yeah because like football basketball like you can do it. It's kind of the same thing, but it's like you still have a team out there to help you. Yeah. Like 
and it's fun to be able to experience that team environment yeah too, so. like it was nice yeah. i told my mom about the team experience with the basketball and football like yeah. i loved it but at the same time i'm like no nah, i really didn't like it because it was like i had to depend on other people to yeah. do their part of the job i know man that's crazy yep you could bust your ass but if your whole team's slacking then it's just like man we lost you yeah <laughs> So that's why yeah. team sports weren't really my thing. Yeah. But when you get to college, swimming is basically like a team sport. Mm -hmm. You train together, you eat together, you work out together. And as swim meets, we're all together. We're all cheering each other up. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing effort when you get yeah. to college. Yeah. That's cool that you guys have each other to push, you know, push yourselves. Like, what, is, what does a practice look like for you guys in college? Like, what is, is it? Like, how many hours is it? Um, is, it is it like um, resistance training and pool training and in, in the pool it's, training? What's it look like? It's a lot. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little course of my first few weeks at college in Lindenwood, Missouri. So I got there on, let's say, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have morning practice. Okay. And that was at five o'clock in the mornings mm -hmm. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Then after morning practice, we get out around, we swim for an hour and we get out and do land drills for cardio workout for about 30, 40 minutes. Okay. Then we get out about seven, eight. Then we have school from eight till about 12, one o'clock. Then we have another practice at one. Dang. And we do swim for two hours. Then we get out and we go do the weight room for another hour to hour and 30 minutes. Jeez. Okay. And in the water, it all depends on what the coach is feeling that day, like, honestly. Because yeah. – each person trains different things. You have a sprint group, you have a distance group, and you have a mid-distance group. Okay. So the sprint group, it varies. Like sometimes we do 10,000 yards. It like all depends. Yeah. Like one of my hardest practices ever was when it's on, it's on a new year. Mm -hmm. So every new year, our coach, my club coaches decide to do like this high amount of yardage. Yeah, like 12,000, 18,000 yards and just go for it. Dang. So, <laughs> I mean, swimming is definitely a demanding sport. Yeah. Like, but it does keep my body into good shape. Yeah. Like, how much cardio do you have to do to be, like, at the top of your game? Like, how much cardio are, are you doing each week? So, my cardio intake right now is a lot. I run three miles. I bike 18 miles. Dang. <laughs> and I, uh, and I uh, do a lot of ab workouts since I can't use my right shoulder right now. So yeah. everything I do right now is cardio, cardio, cardio. And that's the best way I can do. That's the best thing I can do right now to stay in shape. Yeah. And I kick on a kickboard. Nice, man. While I'm in the water. So. Let's talk about your injury a little bit, man. I, I, got, I got to meet you here in St. Louis because you transferred to Lindenwood and I, you know, I'm from St. Louis. So man, when I first met you, I was, I was not expecting you to be that big, dude. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. I'm like, so they make swimmers look like this nowadays. Like, dang. <laughs> so, um, but then you got an injury, you know, and then like literally like you were, I know you're pumped for the season. And then, uh, then you messaged me, said you got a shoulder tear of some sort. So how are you dealing with that, man? How's that setback going for you? And uh, how do you feel? So um, this setback has opened and showed me a lot of different things just because everything that has happened in this whole year, honestly, 2020 to 2021, ever since 2020 of spring break and now, with the COVID starting and school being delayed, the mask and all that other stuff has been going on, the the racism and all that other stuff. Yeah. It's been a tough year. But when I went to school, I already showed up to school late because of COVID. And I was only swimming for about four weeks. Then my shoulder started messing with me. 
And I was telling my coach, I was like, hey, coach, something's wrong with my shoulder. And we thought it was tendonitis. Mm-hmm. So I just kept swimming. I kept swimming for about another two more weeks. And I was like, nah, coach, it can't be tendonitis. Something is actually wrong with my shoulder. So I go to a doctor in St. Louis, Missouri, and he goes, yeah, there is something wrong with your shoulder. You have a slap tear in your bicep tendon. I call my mom. I go, mom, I have a slap tear in my bicep tendon. I don't know what that means. And me and my mom start looking up on online and it says, the one thing my mom pointed out to me was the only way that this is fixed is through surgery. And I was like, dang, well, here we go. But while I was at school, like it really didn't hit me that I was going to have to have surgery until I got home. And when I got home, I had the surgery on December 2nd. And I was like, well, here it goes. Yeah. Got the surgery. I was in a sling for six weeks. And the whole time during the sling, what I was doing was sitting on the couch, eating chips, eating food, eating water burger, eating anything, anything. Yeah. And playing video video games until <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning, not going to bed on time. Yeah, just anything. I was not here. Yeah, so so that's what I was gonna ask you, man. Like, what do you what do you do like when you're going through, you know, all that discomfort and you're trying to recover? I mean, like I guess like you kind of just mentioned, like comfort food, video games. Like, is that kind of how you cope with getting by? Yeah. Is it? Are you depressed during that time? Like, is it? I- Honestly, I felt like that time during the soda surgery for that, I was probably depressed for two months yeah. for that whole time. Yeah. I was depressed for two months because it happened December, January, and it happened December. So I was depressed during the Thanksgiving and during Christmas, yeah. during both of those two months. So I was depressed for about two months, and I didn't get out of it until January. That's when I started working out. And I was like, hey, it's time for something to change. Like, okay. if I still want to go back and swim and see these things and do these things and mm-hmm. actually want to make the Olympic trials and make the Olympic team, I'm going to have to stand here and make something change. Yeah. And my team, I started looking at my team results on the swim team at mm-hmm. Lindenwood. And I'm like, hey, they're going faster than me. Like, I just can't sit here and eat and play video games and stay up until eight o'clock in the morning Yeah, and expect me to go back on school and have a, and have a spot on the team still. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I talked to my dad. I was like, Hey dad, I need help. Um, my gym membership, I can't, I, I wasn't working at the moment and my gym, my gym membership was $70 a month. And I was like, Hey dad, can you pay my gym membership for seven for this for these three months? I'm not working right now. He was like, yeah. yeah, I got you. As long as you go every day, we're good. Nice. So my mom and my sister helped out with that as well. Then come January 1st, I was like, you know what? It's time to go. Yeah. So I hit the gym every day from every day, Monday through Saturday, and I go on Sundays and I do a light little cardio session and I just chill out in the hot tub yeah okay then i was like you know what there's something else got to change my eating habits so that's when i started meal prepping i started to meal prep and i was meal prepping some chicken vegetables and brown rice yeah and i do ground turkey and brown rice then i eat i either eat breakfast or lunch i don't eat both because mm. they were around the same time i don't eat both then I drink a whole gallon of water every day and I eat my meal. After I eat my meal, I give me a little fruit, drink my water, and I'm done for the day. But after I woke up and started to know like, hey, this is what I want to do for next year and what I can't do if I want to if I want to still be part of the team, yeah. I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. So come around and so I started January 1st. I stepped on the scale. I weighed 222 pounds. And I'm like, well, I'm about to start back going to where I was last year. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at myself. I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work. If I, 
if I even want to compete next year, yeah, somehow, some way, 222 pounds are not going to cut it. I'm going to be trying to lose weight all over again and yeah. not worried about swimming fast. Yeah, exactly. So I got that in my head. So I was going, I was going hard for two months and I'm like, okay, here we go. Then I stepped on the scale, uh, March 1st and the scale said 205. And I'm like, okay. Paying off baby. <laughs> what I'm doing is actually working. Like it's yeah. actually, it's actually yeah. paying off. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and it just kept me going. Every time yeah. I stepped on the scale and seeing my weight drop, I was like, I'm doing something right. This yeah. is actually working. Yeah. That's then awesome, man. I love once it. Once I hit 210 pounds, when I, once I hit 211 pounds, I went to a different club team and I was like, hey, coach, I'm trying to get my U.S. Open cut this summer. Can you help me? And he was like, hey, I got you. Just let me know when you can be able to swim again. Use your shoulder and we can go from there. And I talked, I went to therapy this morning and my therapist was like, your shoulder's looking stronger. And I was like, yeah, it's feeling a lot stronger. Nice. And she's like, well, we're looking like we can be able to start moving your shoulder in the water at the end of this month. Yeah. So it's it's been about five months since. So I'm like, well, Things are going up. So every time I get some type of good news, yeah. I use that as leverage to push me to go and keep going. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone has those hard parts of the training. Like I've been doing this all by myself with no trainer, no, no nothing. Yeah. And like there's days where I go in the gym, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to work out. I just want to walk out. But it's like, what motivates you, man? What motivates you? What do you got? What do you have to tell yourself to keep on lighting that fire? It's actually, it's like me looking into the future. Like, if I keep going, this is what's going to happen next. And there's music I listen to that just. So you got a vision. Like, there's a vision in your head yeah. that you just keep on replaying, and you're like, "That's coming. I'm making that come true." Yeah. Like, I stick. So. We're going to take it back a little bit. So when I was in the eighth grade, when I started playing football and basketball mm -hmm. and I got hurt and all the other things happened, I came back to swimming that summer. Okay. And I was nowhere near in swimming shape. No, nothing. I haven't swum since, since <laughs> August and the end of the school year. And yeah. I went back to swimming. I was like, Hey coach, I'm going to make it to the big meet this summer. She was like, no, you're not. You haven't been here. I was like, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And come to find out, I kept that vision. I went to every practice, every morning practice, every afternoon practice, every run. And I went to everything. And I got the cut and I went to swim in Austin and I got it. So my whole thing is once I put a vision in my head that I want something and yeah. that I want to do, I'm going to go get that dream and going to go fulfill whatever I need to do to get that dream. Yeah. So I've been going to the gym every day, cardio, swimming, all of it every day, haven't stopped and whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do. So even this summer with my summer job, I'm still going to be at practice every day, every morning, every afternoon, doing what yeah. I have to do in order to make my dream come yeah. true. That's passion, man. That's passion. And that's just being relentless. And I love it, man. That's, that's powerful. There's so much to, for people listening to learn from everything that you just said there, man, from, from the setback, you know, kind of being like letting yourself take those two months to just be like, man, this sucks, you know, and, and you let yourself kind of go through the emotions a little bit, you know, you're eating bad food and stuff like that. And, but a lot of people get stuck in that part right there. You yeah. Know? I mean, they don't, they don't know. They, they don't, they can't see that light at the end of the tunnel and then they just stay there. So I think that was the key thing was the fact that you were able to pull yourself out of that with a lot of positive self-talk, you know, with, with um, you know, you said you were looking at scores to motivate yourself, other people's swim times um, and just having that clarity of that vision, just reminding yourself of what that vision is. Why did you start in the first place, you know, and, and keeping that vision alive and then putting a plan in place, you know, you did that. You started getting some results, which built a little bit of momentum for you. And then you, and then, you know, your therapy session today, 
another positive move forward. So I love it, man. There's so much to learn from everything you just said there. And that's what I want, you know, that's what I really want to help people with is, you know, not everyone has that, that, that natural passion, fire and ability to pick themselves back up. And, you know, I'm really glad you were, you're able to share that. And so people can, you know, like, what, what would you give like to, for advice for people who are just still stuck there? Like they're like, they have hemophilia, they've got these injuries, they're depressed and they're just, they feel stuck. Like, how do you, how do you get back on track? And what, what if you don't know, what if you don't have that clarity that you have, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of like, out of all the hemophilia patients in the world or all these people that have bleeding disorders in the world, everyone has their different uh, bleeds, their target joints. Everyone is, everyone is different. I've been lucky to not have those target joints, those emergency bleeds. Once I start taking my medication, how I'm supposed to, mm. I have, I haven't had a bleed in, in years. Yeah. And it's, it's been an honestly blessing because going through that pain on a daily basis, the ankles, the elbow, the knee, all of it yeah. is stressful. Cause I went through it when I was younger, I used to have a bleed. I, I was in the hospital almost every month. And my sister used to get mad at me because I was in a hospital on her birthday month every year. It never failed. Yeah. And this year I was in a hospital to have surgery. So it, it <laughs> yeah. never fails. Yeah. But what always got me out was whatever you like to do, if it's sport related, video game related, um, family related, I leaned on that for a while. Mm. to just clear my head just to get everything right mm. because there's no way in the world that people everyone has that moment where you're in the you're in your little own little state and you don't want to talk to no one you just want to just feel sorry for yourself that's yeah. fine everyone does it because i do it yeah we all do it yep but there's a time where you need to just look at yourself and say hey what do i want what do i want to come from yeah how do I want to get better from this? How can I stop these bleeds from happening? What can I get my bleed to do? How can I get my knee stronger? How can I get this stronger? How can I get that stronger? Yeah. Okay. And once you look at that big, big picture, you're just like, uh, okay. And you see that, then you start seeing the efforts. You start seeing, okay, I, I haven't had a bleed since November of November 12th. Yeah. And it's January, March, something now. And you haven't had a bleed. So that means whatever you've been doing, you've been doing good. So keep that routine. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And but what keeps what keeps me going, honestly, is I always leave time in my day to disconnect from the weight room, disconnect from the cardio, disconnect from the running, disconnect from the school, disconnect from everything. And my disconnect is me playing video games or me watching a movie episode or me watching YouTube motivational videos. Yeah. Something that's not required me to sit and try to think and do my swimming. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I love to watch motivational videos when I'm like down. I pull up motivational videos. Eric Thomas is a great one. Yeah, I like him. He's really good, man. I've watched a few of his. Like, he says one thing about lions and the um, galels. Mm -hmm. The lion wakes up. If a lion wakes up 24 hours out of the day and the galel wakes up eight, the lion is winning. Mm -hmm. No? So if you want something, you must be the lion to achieve it. Yeah, I'm not saying you got to wake up every day at five o'clock in the morning to go do this. I'm not saying you got to wake up every day, but if you want something, mm. you must do that extra mile to do it. Cause there's someone in front of you already doing that extra mile to get there. Yeah. So that's my biggest picture is looking at someone else and like, Oh yeah, he's already doing that extra mile. So let me do that other mile for I can beat him to that spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Like, it's okay to sit because I literally sat down playing video games for two months straight, not doing anything, watching TV and just sit there and just, and just sit. My mom will come in. Hey, you're okay. 
my mom had to force me to get out of the house. Yeah. To ride just to get out of the house. Yeah. And I didn't want to. I just wanted to sit here because I'm like, I can't swim anymore. Like my swimming career yeah. done. I thought I thought nothing was gonna happen. I thought everything was just done. I'm like, well, I even thought about quitting swimming because of my shoulder surgery. Yeah. But I was like, no, I just can't give up yet. That's crazy, man. We all have those thoughts, man. Yeah. Like just, that's, I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to, to pull through, man. And I think like a lot of people, I feel like they think that they need to do like a drastic move in order to get out of where they're from. And I think that, you know, the key is to just do something like in the right direction and then, you know, celebrate those small victories along the way. And then eventually they add up. And then before you know it, you're, you're, you're out, you're out of the hole that you thought you're once in, you know, and, yeah. and it, you know, mentally, some, some days mentally, we're going to feel drained. We're going to feel hopeless. Um, but keep on making small little moves like moving forward. And eventually your mind starts clearing up. The vision starts getting, um, more clear to you. So, so yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. And you, you're just a winner, dude. Like you're just a winner at heart. So, I mean, you just like, there's no I, way I, you're going to give up, dude. No way. Like, I have a, I have a, my parents always tell me I have like a strong motivation in me. And it's honestly because of hemophilia and everything I've went through because of hemophilia, the bullying to the, the injuries to the, because when I was younger, my mom used to give me my factor and I started giving myself my factor when I was eight or 10. Yeah. And after I started giving myself my factor, my mom kind of like, eased off yeah but i still wouldn't take it the way i was supposed to mm, my yeah. mom would try to give me mac flurries when i do my medicine yeah. give me stars she tried everything and it still didn't work yeah but <clears throat> hemophilia has made me just a stronger person in general i feel like if hemophilia can't break us and we won't let it break us mm. why would we let something else break us yeah if we're walking around with a swollen knee and we're still happy and joyful, why why would we let something else break us when my swollen knee is still swollen and I'm still walking on it? Yep. You see? And we have a very high pain tolerance that people don't even understand. Yeah. And yes, we let our pain get to the point where we're like, hey, I don't want to talk to nobody. I want to be by myself. Yeah. But we're we get to that point because it's like, we're so strong. We're like, we can keep pushing. We can keep pushing. We can keep pushing. It's okay to take that step back and be like, Hey, I need to get this fixed. Then I can get back on the horse and keep going. Yeah. That's what I felt. I realized was I let my shoulder get so bad to the point mm -hmm. where I needed surgery. And now I'm, I'm on a six month setback instead of a three, two weeks setback yeah you know? yeah so it's okay to sit back and take a break and get fixed what needs to be fixed but once that is done get back on the horse and get it going i love it man you yeah. know but hemophilia is a blessing to me like, yeah, and that was one of my questions my one of my questions i wrote down here was um if you could change never living with a bleeding disorder would you like probably when i was younger I would have probably said I hate my life because of hemophilia. Yeah. The reason being because the bullying, it was a lot and always hurt. Everyone's looking at you weird when you walk into the classroom. One day you walk in with a crutch. The next day you just walk in normally. Yeah. Or one day you walk in with a wheelchair. The next day you walk in. And it's like it's so much to take in as a kid when you're younger. Yeah. Because you don't know how to approach it. Yeah. And I didn't have the help of another person that had hemophilia when I was younger to help me approach those kind of situations. Yeah. Yep. Everyone in my life didn't have a beating disorder. They didn't know how to react. Like I had my parents there. I had my sisters and my brothers to help me through the pain and the emotions. Mm -hmm. They knew how I was feeling, but they didn't know the pain, how, how much pain I was in yeah. throughout the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, so that's the hardest yeah. part is finding someone to relate to to truly understand that pain that we that we feel, you know. Yeah. One thing that really helped me like kind of get it going was I found out of this camp called Camp Alapoma. Uh-huh. 
it's basically hemophilia backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was a camp for all bleeding disorders. And I started going to there. I went there like three years in a row. And I loved it because I I found out there's more black people that had hemophilia. There's more Mexicans that had hemophilia. There's more whites that had hemophilia. Yeah. I found out that it wasn't just me. Yeah. I thought it was just me that had this bleeding disorder. And it's how it feels, man. I'm like this by myself. But once you find out there's other people that can help you that know that been through what you've been through. Yeah. It's 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 easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a brotherhood, man. It's it's really yeah. special, you know, and especially that's why things like like what we're doing today are extremely important, you know, because now we have podcast and YouTube and and these this next generation of bleeders coming up, they've got this kind of material to look at and to look at guys like you and be like, man, I want to go to the next level, man. I've I've experienced a setback, man. This guy's speaking to me. He knows exactly what I'm going through, and they're going to be somewhat. It's going to be so much easier for them to get encouraged and inspired by seeing someone just like them already accomplish what they're wanting to accomplish. And even if it isn't swimming, you know, it could be anything in life. It's all yeah. the same like principles, you know, that you have to go through. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's so awesome. So what is that? There's people out there that plays baseball that has hemophilia. They're doing amazing things. I think there's one in the league right now. So Dude, it's, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the sky's the limit right now with all the new medication and you know, uh, people kind of pushing the limits a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's cool, man. You know, so it's I know times are a lot different than when I was growing up. You know, we used to I used to go to the hospital every time I needed an infusion. You know, now and then you know it wasn't until I got older where it became available in home. And then now people are infusing uh, on a profi regimen. So before they get injured, before it was only when you got injured, you would get infused, mm-hmm. which later on you found out that once you have a bleed, the damage is already done. So the goal is to prevent bleeds from ever happening by being on a profi regimen. So, I mean, that alone has changed the game for the next generation. What do you, uh, if you got one piece of advice, man, to pass on to the next generation, people, younger guys watching right now, what would that message be? Um, honestly, if, if you're just starting off hemophilia, I would take your factor. Be compliant, be compliant. Yes. I would do the shots, take the factor. And like, if you take the factor while you're young, I'm not saying you can go play football, you can go play basketball, but you can still go be a kid. Mm. If you're not taking your factor when you're younger, I feel like you have more bleeds when you're younger then when you're older, kind of your bleeds kind of settle down as you get older because you're not as active anymore. You don't a little bit more careful. Yeah. You know, but as you're younger, you get bleeds left to right, twist ankle, anything, elbow fell down. I would just say take factor like like you're supposed to, because that yeah. was my biggest thing when I was young. I never took factor when I was younger. Yeah. I took it, but it was like my mom hey come in here and get your medicine it wasn't like all right let me go get my medicine it was just like come here let me put yeah. your medicine. yeah yeah but taking your medicine and just take advantage of your bleeding disorder don't let it run you you run the bleeding disorder yeah because once you get in control of your bleeding disorder it doesn't you it doesn't even feel like you have one anymore like there's days I come home and my body's aching and hurting and I'm like, uh, and I just want to lay in the bed, but it's yeah. like, Hey, if I keep moving, it gets better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So what about the next six months, man? What are we, what are we going to see from Carlin in the next six uh, months? What can we look out for? Uh, this summer is going to be a very eventful summer. Okay. Um, I'm going to be, keeping my instagram updated on my journey that's butterfly king right yeah I'll, I'll post it for everyone to see i'm going to keep that going and um once i have my big swim meet come up yeah i'm going to uh let everyone know how it goes hopefully i get the cut but it's going to be train 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 right, train the whole summer all right, man. We're watching you. We're watching you. We're cheering for you. You're gonna have people on in your corner, man. So make us proud. I'm a, I'm doing my best. I haven't. I haven't. I know you will. Stopped. I know you will. I mean, I, after this conversation, I know you will. 
<laughs> I haven't stopped yet. I mean, my parents are amazing supporters. Yeah. My sisters are amazing supporters. My brother's amazing supporter. I have a lot of people that support me. And since I've been in the Hemisphere Foundation, I had a lot of people reach out to me on my Instagram since uh, we got in our little hemophilia group chat. And it showed me that there's people actually watching me. Yeah. I, at first, I was just doing this because this is something I love. This is something I wanted to achieve. And this yeah. is something I wanted to do. But now that I think about it on the bigger and upper picture, it's like, mm -hmm. hey, I got to show these people that hemophilia is just not a bleeding disorder where we got to lay down all day and not do anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We can take advantage of what we have and we can go and achieve it. So now I'm doing this for me and the other people that have hemophilia yep. where they can see that, hey. Dude, let that let that be fuel for you because I promise you there's more people than that are than are the ones that are reaching out to you. There's people who are going to reach out to you in three years because they don't want to talk to you right now. And they're going to later on, they're going to be like, hey, I've been following your, your journey for years. But now I want to come out and say, thank you. You know, like I've had, I've had stuff like that, dude. I'm, I promise you there's people watching who maybe they're just not ready to, to let you know that, you know, they've been following you, that they're inspired by you. So just keep it up, man. You're, you're on the right track. Yeah. I, I, I put the effort in every day. I, tr I try my best. There's days where I don't feel like doing nothing. Yeah. There's days I just want to wake up at one o'clock in the afternoon and be like, all right, well, let's get the day started. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I'm not going to get nothing done, nothing accomplished if I wake up that late, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in order for me to have a productive day with the gym and a productive day with my homework, I got to, you know, manage my time and get things done. Yeah. So on your off time, when you're playing, you know, video games, where can people find you on Twitch? Right. You got a Twitch account, right? Yeah. So honestly, if you want to follow me on the on my Twitch account, you can do that and we can have any kind of conversations on there because we can play, I can play video games. We can talk about hemophilia. We can do anything. Ask me any kind of questions you want. It's all, all free. I'm just there to talk and have fun. All right. Send me your Twitch link and I'll, I'll post that in the video and on the podcast. So I got you. That'd be cool, man. But before we go, man, I'm going to wrap it up. But before we go, I got to pick a winner for uh, Centrix, my protein sponsor, okay. my supplement sponsor. They, they're giving away uh, a bag, a bottle, a month supply of my fat burner, which is this fire, fire fat burner. That's what I've been using during my prep right now. And then a month supply of protein. So I've got, I want you to pick a number between one and eight. Uh, let's go with four. Four. Okay. Well, that is the one Instagram name that I do not know how to pronounce at all. <laughs> like Medca something. Medca something. I don't know. I'm going to post the winner though, but we'll figure out who the winner is. That's their Instagram name. Um, it's like Medca F-O-U-G-H. So we'll figure out, hopefully you're in the United States. Otherwise we'll have to pick another winner, <laughs> but but all right, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate you taking some time and jumping on today. So I think this message is going to be incredibly helpful to the community. So thanks a lot, man. Yeah, no problem. I loved it. Yeah, bro. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. See ya. Bye.